Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Darsh Shah. And I'm Dr. Ultima Shraja. And welcome to Medicine Redefined. A podcast where we will explore the often overlooked but necessary components of health, what we consider to be the fundamentals. We will investigate topics and practices that can give you and your patients the best chance to optimize a healthy lifestyle. It's time to move the needle forward and put the health back in healthcare. Welcome back, everyone, to Medicine Redefined. It's 2024, so Happy New Year to you all. I know it's been a long couple of weeks not having an episode just pop right up in your podcast player, but no fear, we're back. We're here in 2024 and have a lot uh, of things coming up, and we're super excited to delve into it. Uh, But what better way than to start 2024 with thinking about our previous year in 2023. And so that's what we have lined up for you here to start off our conversation in this progress note. We're gonna talk about the main lessons that we learned and how we can use that to build momentum going into this new year. We'll also talk about this new fancy technology that Altamash and I have bought into called the Morpheus, which is a heart rate training system. So we'll give our insight into that and you can decide whether it's maybe worth it for you to delve into. Um, And then last but not least, we're going to talk about that holiday weight gain, which, you know, the holidays are now pretty much over and hopefully you got to enjoy, you ate what you want, maybe you were on a diet, regardless, 2024 is here. And if you did put on a few pounds, that's all right. We can always work on shedding that weight in this new year. All right, let's get to it. All right, what's going on, everyone? Uh, Progress Node 14 here. Scott Altamash here. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's been a while since we've done this, so I, uh, I'm excited for this one. Yes, yes. You know, we thought about a couple topics that we can talk about over the last two weeks, let it simmered, um, you know, in our thoughts. And uh, yeah, definitely excited to get into this topic, topics, um, you know. So let's start with um, our reflections of this year, 2023. Um, also kind of turn into a New Year's episode then. Um, about maybe what we've learned about our own journeys, the things we've tried. And, you know, I think we'll, we'll do another progress note in January where we can talk about, I think, trends and kind of what our goals are for 2024. But at least I think it'd be good to kind of hear our, our reflections and that way the listeners can also kind of join us on that journey as they think about maybe their progress or things that they need to change going into the new year. Yeah, yeah, I like it. You want to go first? Yeah. 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 Let me think here. Um, so the biggest thing for me, I think is that I realized I have been, you know, I've been steadily making progress as far as like strength and things. Um, and as a recent, it was more of, you know, let me get more cardio involved. I was listening, you know, to that Andy Galpin episode with Dr. Huberman. And we start to hear these experts talk about having more balanced approach to training that was something I was definitely getting more interested in. Um, so, you know, we'll get, we'll get more to that with kind of the Morpheus training and all that. Um, the other thing I realized is kind of just about data, right? I mean, there's so much data out there right now in the world with any wearable that you choose. And so, you know, I had the whoop, I had eight sleep. Um, you got Apple showing you steps and other data. And I got to a point where I realized what worked and what didn't. And I wanted to focus not necessarily less on my own health, but not thinking about my own own health as much, if that makes sense. Like every day was like, get up and, oh, what am I going to do at the gym today? Right. That's like my first thought 
all day, every day is like, what's that win? And now it's been more of, okay, I know what works and doesn't work for my recovery for sleep, for nutrition, you know, all that type of stuff that I can now just go into the gym, simplify it, get simple data that works and stick with that. And, you know, that's the biggest reflection I think that has really just helped me um, maintain and actually get my goals is, you know, simplicity is the ultimate for perfection as Da Vinci would say. Oh, I like that. I don't know if I've ever heard that one before. Um, that's dope, man. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I would probably put multiple buckets in terms of things that have really, that I've changed my perspective on quite a few things. I think uh, obviously the training and the health perspective in terms of how we approach nutrition and exercise and that kind of stuff. We spent a lot of time talking about that because those are foundations. Um, you know, from a career perspective, we've, I think this year talked about one year in as attending and that growth. And we spent some time talking about the transition, light of the end tunnel, so to speak. And, you know, from a personal and, and family relationship standpoint too, that I think about, as you see, I, I threw this thing mm-hmm. behind me in terms of kind of recognizing that time is the ultimate commodity um, for me. And it's not necessarily finances, whatnot, recognizing, very privileged to be able to say that. So blessed in that regard. But um, I think kind of just to piggyback off you with training, uh, the value of NEAT, right? Non-exercise activity thermogenesis, I, I think it's tremendous. So people are probably familiar with this, at least listeners of this show. And we've talked about these studies that have come out over the last couple of years, things showing the daily step count, right? There's kind of this inflection point. And when you get to about 8,000 steps per day, and really it doesn't matter. Steps is just an easy metric for us to, to kind of track in terms of activity, right? Um, but the other thing that I think from the, the Gallup and Huberman series that you're talking about, exercise snacks, remember those that they talked about? Really love that, right? Just a 60 minute bout of something, 60 minute, excuse me, 60 <laughs> second bout of something extreme. <laughs> that's not much of a snack, is it? Um, of something really intense throughout the day, whether it's like sprinting up two flights of stairs, which can hopefully take you 60 seconds, but, you know, just quickly drop down and like, I don't know, do like 50 push ups or whatever the challenge is for you, or just, you know, 50 jumping jacks or something like that to introduce that during the day. Um, I think that actually is, it's the role is severely underappreciated for people. So um, that's something that I've been very um, cognizant of, particularly the last like uh, the last quarter of this uh, year. And and I'll kind of mention to you what I noticed in terms of like the physique transformation in that regard. Um, With the career standpoint, um, yeah, I stand with this. I talk to to students and residents and trainees that I work with is like, it doesn't really matter how many years of training you end up doing. Because people ask me, work with a lot of medical students, that, hey, like, should I do a four-year program or a three-year program? Like, I think of a, a really close friend right now, and, you know, she's considering emergency medicine programs, and she is, you know, as you know, uh, EM is either three-year or four-year, or the four-year the academic programs. And recently, I was like, listen, you, you should not be doing a four-year program because you're ready to practice, not in the sense that you're ready to be attending tomorrow, but it doesn't matter whether you do a three-year program or a four-year program. You're going to leave, and you're going to come become an attending, and you're going to feel just as ill-prepared. And that first year and year and a half and two years, which you're going to find out soon, um, that learning curve is incredibly steep. So uh, be patient with yourself there. You're going to mess up a lot. You're going to have a lot of imposter syndrome. I'm a pretty confident person and, and, and I'm lucky that I've hadn't experienced that. But I think as an attending, I, I so much imposter syndrome that I have a different sense of empathy for the people who don't kind of project that type of confidence such as I do. Um, and then from a personal standpoint, uh, the, the time piece that we talked about, 
But I'm actually curious to, to think about this because you're you're a fan of Sahel Bloom as well. You know, Sahel Bloom, mm-hmm. I think recently had a kid. So, I mean, his kid's probably a year, year, two years or somewhere in that range. And he just talks about the value of spending that time. There's one thing that he has on Instagram all over the place where he shares that you're your kid's favorite person for the first 10 years of their life, right? And afterwards, like they have new favorite people, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, other friends, but you no longer are the most important person in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the emphasis he's trying to make is, hey, cherish this time. Don't waste it, right? Like don't do not do other crap that, that, that you think is important, but it's really not important. But in the same respect, I think there's another point, either a podcast or maybe a series of messages that he had where he was talking about the value of hard work that he appreciated by watching his father grind and not being there for dinner sometimes and not being there for X, Y, and Z. And I mean, those things are kind of at odds with each other mm-hmm. if you think about that. Yeah. Like this fantasy world, we're like, okay, you know, when I'm working late and it's 7 p.m. and I know I got to get home, but like, you know, I got to get this paper in or I got to get these notes in or like there's something to follow up on. And, and that that's something that I've actually spent a lot of time thinking about. So I'm actually curious to see if if that's something that you were familiar with and, and how you would think about that. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. Um, that concept I've seen everywhere now. So I also saw a clip on Instagram of, uh, Tim Grover, you know, who coached Kobe, D Wade, Michael Jordan, yeah, yeah, those yeah. guys. And he talks yeah. about how um, his daughter, you know, when she was really young, would say, Oh, daddy, can't you stay home, please? And he was like, Sorry, Absolutely. I got to put yeah. food on the table, you know. And 20 years later, again, she appreciated the fact of seeing him grind. And, you know, he talks about how that was instilled in her. Um, Tim Ferriss recently just had a guest on and he was talking about, ah, there was this great quote, I need to find it. But essentially the concept was every day we wake up as humans and we can either choose or try to choose to enjoy and you know enjoy the day and reap the benefits of what we sowed or go out and create value to the world, right? And there's this internal struggle that every human has is this concept of time and saying, well, you know, in a thousand years, nothing's going to matter. Who cares of the value that I put out? Um, let me enjoy it versus, you know, going out and making the world a better place and feeling like you've done something before you've passed. And so, yeah, I think it's uh, I think, again, I'm going to go with the Gary B idea here of you have to do both really, really extremely hard. Um, so that way, when you stretch the rubber band on both sides, it snaps back to the middle um, so that you have that balance. But yeah, I don't think there's one right way to look at it. I think it is important to kind of do both of those things. And it, you know, through action, through guidance, through words to the kids so that they learn both sides of that, um, of that spectrum. Right on, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> Balance is that, that key word, right? That's the buzzword always um, hard to hard to obtain, but I guess good to strive for in, in really everywhere. And again, the, the thing we talked about with Kelly Starrett way back when balance is kind of your brief, very, very brief period in the pendulum is kind of in the middle where balance is quote unquote. And so, yeah, I, I think that's, that's really realistic. Again, life is dynamic, life is fluid, and you kind of have to roll with the punches in the regard. Um, I, I plug that in foreshadowing because this kind of makes me uh, become a fan more of Amorpheus, which we'll again talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know we're both super excited to talk about that too, <laughs> been using it. So um, maybe anything else in terms of reflections in 2023 as we're winding down that you that you think is something really, really valuable. If I could ask you, I know you're going to hate this because we're context people. Uh, if I could say, hey, Darcy, give me one thing. Okay, screw it. Three things. I'll give you three things. <laughs> three things that you think are the most valuable things that you learned from this year that you would pass on to somebody, let's just say, because you know we have interns who are in undergrad, right? So Ooh, less than yeah. 10 or more than 10 years down from us. 
And so it, those guys are listening. I know they're listening right now. So okay. uh, three things that we're talking about in terms that we'd pass down. Ooh, it's a little tough. Okay, let's say one, have self-respect. Um, I've truly found, I think that is the meaning of life. Um, the purpose of life is to live life on your terms, right? Which leads me to my second one is be an outlaw, right? You can follow the rules and, well, you know, you can be good or you can go far by breaking, like not breaking the rules, but creating your own rules. And I mean that in the workplace, I mean that in your own personal life, I mean, in your relationships, like you don't have to follow um, a step-by-step -step guide of whatever people are putting out there on social media. And so create your own rules, um, which will help you with, you know, better, clear thinking. And then third thing I'll say is sit down with yourself. This all ties in with the self-respect, but at least 10 minutes a day it can be through form of meditation or whatever, but just get away from all the stimulus out there. Um, I think we're heading into a world where people are struggling with mental health because they can't sit with themselves. They can't internalize their thoughts because most human thoughts are going to be depressing because it's about survival. And when you have Instagram, when you have TikTok, when you have work, when you can constantly find something else for you know input into your mind, um, you're just not going to be able to validate your own thoughts. And so you got somebody else controlling you. Amazing. <laughs> you always nail those questions, man. <laughs> I, I like the self-respect one though, the way, when I heard you say that, like what, you know, what, what's the spark that I get in my mind is kind of, um, with self-respect, like identify what your core priorities are, mm -hmm. you know, or core priority is, and then fight tooth and nail to try to protect that guard. Because if you don't, then other people are going to come and just completely take that away from you and, and just divert you in all kinds of directions, particularly as you advance further and you gain knowledge and you have stuff to offer to people, mm -hmm. um, people take 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 and so you have to know what north star is and stuff and and you know don't let people like push you off that lane too much sure. i mean yeah. every now and then of course but i think that's something that i've been struggling with and i'm also working on actively and i'm getting better at yeah nice um and so that's 2023 number one i, I think for me number two i would say uh don't be so sure of yourself uh so that's another way to, for me to say be open-minded right i think we've talked about this a lot i think still it's pinned on my my feet in terms of being kind of open-minded and, and different approaches to different people. I mean, so the most recent thing comes up, right? I mean, th that's top of mind for everybody. You know, people get ready for the elections. People are getting ready for, I mean, you've got this war going on over overseas and how you, however you end up defining it. And, and people are so sure they know what the, what the facts are, what the answers are. Right. And we're going to have a guest coming up that we're going to talk about at least some of this. Um, and so I would just say, you know, don't be so sure <laughs> you probably, like whenever you think the story started, it probably started before that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. um, that that's the other one. And then uh, lastly, I would say, hmm, I would say, it, you know, I think about something um, Max Shank way back when in the archives wow. talked you're, you're, about. You're really going back there, man. Kelly Starrett, Max Shank. <laughs> uh, well, you know, people say good things and, and they stick yeah. with you, and, or or they come back to you as like as you in different yeah. phases in life right just for like sure. books and stuff things quotes come back to you remember max talking at some point about like you know people all are striving for a few things right it's power love mm -hmm. um i forget what else but but i think the no matter what a person's going through whether it's pain you know whether it's anguish whether it's uh joy whatever typically love is a central thing this is going to sound some might turn some people off here uh but i i think so identifying uh the closest to you again we talked about Sahel Bloom a second ago right he has this really amazing graph series of like how people spend um time like you know over time like you know how much time they spend with their kids and friends and family and work and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and uh 
And so with respect to love, also learn how to love yourself because the most time you spend over the, in that graph is with yourself, right? Mm. Um, like incredibly. And so if you can't love yourself and you can't love the person in the mirror, uh, that's going to be <laughs> very, very difficult. So um, like yeah, I hope that. we don't lose many people there. No, I think that's great, man. I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about what we're excited about, man. Yeah. Before I think we get into the goals, we'll close with that. Let's talk about Morpheus. Maybe uh, you started with this. Um, I'm curious, like, why was this on your radar for a while? Like, when you picked it up, and, and maybe start with like telling people what the heck Morpheus is. Yeah, yeah. Except from the guy from the Matrix, <laughs> right? So, Morpheus is a heart rate training system, heart rate variability training system, right? So it's actually a chest strap that you wear every morning. You check your HRV, and then you wear it during your workouts. And so essentially, it's teaching you how to be in your targeted heart rate zones. So in the recovery zone, right, with lower heart rate, you wanna be in there for a, little, a longer time. And then there's conditioning zone, which we know probably zone three, zone four, uh, which you wanna be in, you know, about 10 to 20 minutes. And then there's an overload, which is where you're really pushing yourself, your heart rate's gonna be close to your max. Um, and that's gonna be a little bit less than even that conditioning. For me, it's about, you know, six to eight minutes. And so every week it gives you these targets to hit. And the whole purpose is to promote recovery, is to promote training. And the cool part about it is that every day, you know, if you have a low recovery, it's gonna change. So you'll get, your, your targets will be lower. So for instance, if I wake up, I have great recovery, in order for me to get into that middle zone, I might need to hit a heart rate of 150. But let's say the next day I wake up, my recovery is shot, maybe at like 70, 60, 70% that 150 will go down in order to hit that zone three, zone four, maybe to 140. And so it's really individualized, which is nice. Um, and so you don't risk overtraining. And it really, honestly, by using it, I feel great. Um, so let me kind of give the backstory. You know, you're talking about it wasn't on my radar. So I first started hearing about Morpheus uh, just through Instagram, right? I didn't even know who Joel Jameson was, but he seems like, you know, he's a big time player in the strength and conditioning world, um, trained a lot of MMA athletes who are world champions and things uh, and his programming is supposed to be fantastic but what's funny was i you know i was talking about my reflections i made tremendous strength gains right to the point where i'm like i don't even know if i really need to do anything above and beyond to where i am now right i'm pretty advanced um in terms of like all my lifts and i realized i wanted to get back to cardio the 30s i want to get back to being lean i was a really good track runner back in the day i want to get back to that kind of you know vo2 max and conditioning and whatnot. And I saw a thread from someone who wrote, you know, men usually suffer from cardiovascular disease compared to women. And they're the ones who should be, you know, doing more cardio than weightlifting, whereas women suffer from osteoporosis or an osteopenia, and they should be the ones, you know, incorporating more weightlifting. And I was like, obviously more context needs to be there, but yeah, pretty true. Right. And so I was like, maybe I do need to incorporate this a little bit more. Um, holiday sale was there for Morpheus. I saw that it's not subscription based. It's a one-time pay of like, you know, around a hundred dollars. It was like, amazing. Let me try this out. Um, and I knew having a heart rate monitor would be more accurate than let's say the whoop. And for those who've been longtime listeners, you know, I've been wearing the whoop. Um, but again, as I mentioned, I just, I didn't need that much data. I wanted limited data. I'm very data driven, but so I needed targets. I need numbers to like hit. Um, and so this was the perfect system for me. Yeah, and you posted about this too, right? In terms of gamification of the process, right? I mean, gamification usually always makes these types of things um, more feasible in mm -hmm. terms of enjoying the process, right? And you know, if the process is going to be fun, you're likely to stick to it, and if you stick to it, consistency is what leads to outcomes. So, 
that's just me taking the fun out of everybody for for them. Um, yeah, big bit of background on Joel Jameson. Joel Jameson, I, I think we've we've mentioned this before in the strength and conditioning or performance realm. Like people have little little niches, right? Right. You, you have Eric Cressy with the shoulder and and mm-hmm. elbow baseball, right? Dan Pope, all those guys, right? They, they're kind of like well-rounded performance rehab. They've been here. But Joel Jameson, I think 15 or 20 years last time, like his whole thing has been conditioning and he's worked with every single elite level, including Navy SEALs, UFC, and like other that you mentioned. Um, and again, optimizing their conditioning, like also as a consultant to come in, it's like, how do we get somebody over the hump, right? Um, again, people at the top 0.01% already. So yeah, I mean, he came up with this and this is not, I think his first rendition. He's come up with other mm-hmm. products in the past before. And so I've followed his work and he has somewhat unique philosophies too, but I think this is the first time that we came up and, and starting to appreciate recovery a little bit more. I think my favorite part about this is kind of, as you mentioned, that it's so dynamic. Mm-hmm. So at, as we mentioned, I think one of the, the, the most profound lessons for somebody to learn in terms of their growth of training over time is that, um, you know, you have to be flexible and, you know, for, for people such as us who are very much type A and, and probably most people who listen to this and they like to be regimented, they like to be data driven, like you talked about, and they like to have a plan. And what's really difficult and makes you feel like uh, you're losing sense of control is when you have to veer off the plan because life came and hit you in the face. And there's no better way to, to experience that than having a kid. And so me getting that sense of, okay, I like that. And then something letting me know that, okay, all right, this is not the day for you. This is not the week for you. Like not only will the day shift, but the whole week mm-hmm. will shift. Um, now, you know, getting used to to that aspect of it, like that psychological piece is still somewhat challenging, but I think because this gamifies it, that makes it a bit easier. It facilitates that psychological transition. So that's my favorite part of it, I think. Um, I've only been using it for a week and it was per your recommendation. I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of it. I don't love the fact that during the strength training zone, it doesn't necessarily yeah. give you... So that's that's a little bit annoying, um, but I do full body workouts, which end up being heavy cardio workouts anyway. I'm always in my conditioning zone during my stuff, mm. so that works out. But if I went to more of like a upper lower split or body part split, like I don't I don't know if that that would work out well. So uh, so that's what I'm a big fan of. Um, I'm also like finding it interesting in terms of the feedback that I get because I always thought that like um, sleep. I mean, look, I'm not I'm not gonna tell people sleep is not important. But, um, you know, I thought that like, okay, if I'm not getting certain hours of sleep that I should automatically adjust my workouts and with getting this data, like you're like, no, no, I can actually still push myself despite me feeling like subjectively, I haven't gotten the quality of sleep that I thought I did. Right. Um, and I think that's another huge benefit of that. It's like, no, no, you actually slept better than you think you did. I think we've talked about, um, recall bias being such a problem for nutrition in people. I think that's the same thing with sleep, to be honest with you, is, you know, recall bias is not very good in terms of, did you sleep poorly? Did you sleep, you know, that could, for me, interestingly, it's about the timing of the day. Like, like I, I might've mentioned this to you before, but like, if I get eight hours of sleep between the hours of midnight and eight, uh, it, it's far less optimal than getting six hours between 10 and, you know, 10 and six. So no, that's not, that's bad math. Sorry. 10 and four. Um, so that's another interesting piece that I've learned. I'm like, okay, it's actually shifting the timing of training and waking up and stuff might help me get less sleep. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's important to note that I think the Morpheus is way more subjective as far as taking your subjective data. So the quality of your True. sleep, how sore you are, and the hours of your sleep into your recovery score compared to, let's say, yep. Whoop and maybe even Aura, where it's truly just based off the day prior, the week, and 
you know, how hard you worked out and whatnot, or your screen score. So, which I didn't realize, yeah. remember, because I remember we had an episode, I forget with who it was, and um, you were really talking about the readiness score and how that's a big, big factor. Um, and so, yeah, I've definitely realized that, hey, if I feel good, like, okay, cool, I can, I can crush it, you know? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I'd be curious actually to compare this with my aura ring to see kind of because I, I, again, you also notice like the HRV numbers are always different because I remember you asking Luisa about this a while back because you were with your whoop, you were constantly in the 50s. Yeah, 40, right? maybe mid 40s. I'm in For, 70s 40s and 50s. Now. Yeah, I'm in the 70s. And I saw you recently post about this. You're in the 70s. Yeah. So I don't think all the stuff calculates. And I'll tell you why, like my HRV with this is around kind of in the 80s and stuff. And there was a point where the aura ring would register me. I think my peak was 194. So, you know, either, I mean, it's something legendary happened with me that one night or like, but I was always <laughs> in the hundred spider. So I think, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I think that the way the report is a little bit interesting. So I think that's also something people should keep in mind is like, it doesn't translate one-to-one with, with these different, um, data, you know, data feedback devices. Um, I want to go back to kind of really quick about the, uh, uh, the, the neat part that I was talking about, you know, one thing. You know, I've really let loose over the last year or two with like all the transitions in life and being a dad and whatnot, maybe some excuses, but I, I learned of just like incorporating, you know, in terms of, I, I went, I was, went on uh, vacation in Canada when I told you, and I ended up taking like a hundred thousand steps that week mm-hmm. and uh, doing, making no other changes, including no significant exercise. Cause I was like dealing with some back issues. Um, just that type of activity. I mean, I came back from vacation and I was like six pounds lighter, right? Like now granted I had a lot of weight to lose. And there was, you know, not all like body fat. It's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying what I've noticed is actually, you know, not to toot my own hair, but in the last, um, two months and 19 days, 21 pounds from just, just honestly making subtle changes and being more cognizant of like how we're approaching training. Um, and, and just being, pushing yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously like it really depends on where your baseline is. If you're, you have a lot to lose, it's going to be far easier is we're not going to make this a physique bodybuilding sure. thing, although that's going to come in the very near future in 2024 for people. So stay tuned. Um, but yeah, I wanted to also like, again, emphasize that the knee piece of it, because people do struggle with it. You and I both treat people who are in pain and cannot push themselves in exercise. And it's, it's just really, it can be simple, simple as perfection, as you say that who says Voltaire? Da Vinci. <laughs> da Vinci. Sorry. Yeah. Good. I do love Voltaire though. We do. We both do. (laughs) Um, Sweet, man. So anything else on that front? Or if not, then we could kind of look ahead and uh, see what's coming up exciting. No. Yeah. I think, no, I I echo everything you said. I feel like even my aesthetics and thing physique, like I feel good incorporating that cardio. And of course there's that tie in too. I mean, we talked a lot about the interference effect and, you know, that gets into the nitty gritty of things about zone two versus zone five. And maybe we can save that for another day with, with someone who's more of an expert than we are um, to kind of talk Mm -hmm. about that for those, you know, advanced athletes or anyone that's listening to this podcast about really optimizing uh, their cardio in with their strength training. Um, But yeah, let's, let's transition kind of into your goals. I know you, you, you just mentioned a lot of weight loss and stuff, but uh, what are you doing right now? As far as your training goals, I know you're, you're preparing for something. Uh, Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, I'll kind of break this into micro and macro cycles. I think for me right now, I'm kind of working on this physique thing to kind of get back to see where, where we can get to in terms of a reasonable body fat percentage. Um, particularly with me, I do struggle with a little bit of the visceral fat and, and obviously We're South that's Asian, important. man. I've got the, we're South Asian, right? We got the adipose, uh, overflow tissue, adipose tissue overflow hypothesis going on. And, um, 
you know, but I've got pretty extensive cardiovascular history and stuff. And I think, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but at some point, like I'd consider getting on a statin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll talk about that maybe a different day in terms of my experience and whatnot. And, um, and so I, I'm incentivized in that regard because I just, you know, uh, bottom line for people, I didn't tolerate it well because of the, some of the side effects. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe, maybe if we don't, we get this handle and we don't need to be on some pharmacological agents. Uh, so, so from the personal standpoint, that's, that's awesome. Um, I think that I would say I'm really enjoying being as strong and lean as I've been in the last two to three years. And so we're going to continue working on that probably for another two or three months until we get to a point, um, where I want to shift gears. And, um, again, my, my friend who I was mentioning earlier, uh, went to go support the Philadelphia marathon, dude, I, I've, I've done, a have covered a lot of marathons before in the tent. And that's a different experience when you're covering it or like you're supporting as a fan. It's wild. Um, how like the whole city comes out to support us. It's really, it's a really interesting experience. Like, you know, just cheering for people that you've never met and you probably will never see again, but just like you're cheering, like you it's awesome. Um, but anyways, like after that, I got so stoked and I was like, man, I got to do something now. No freaking way I'm running a marathon, but, um, there is a charity bike event. Um, that's going to be from Philly all the way down to the shore in Jersey, which is gonna be about 65 to 70 miles or so. Um, and again, it's for like American cancer society coming up in June. So I'm going to start training for that. You know, it's not a race, of course, in my mind, I need to I need to crush it. So, <laughs> so that's the main reason. So like right now for my Morpheus goals is maintaining cardio and then probably around February or so four months out, maybe March, we'll start to really push it. I'm going to invest in a bike as well, a road bike, nice. which I don't know if you know, they're expensive as oh, shit, yeah. by the way, they're, they're very expensive. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. And, and that gives you something to kind of, again, look forward to, to train for a specific purpose and, you know, switch it up. Yeah. I like that. Nice. What about you? Uh, no, training for life still. Um, still going to be cutting training a little bit, um, you know, but we'll see January, I think, till February, March, maybe continue on the kind of physique stuff and we'll see where I am as far as where I am strength wise. Um, but yeah, I think it, same for me, right? A lot of the cardiovascular history. Um, so got to check in with my doctor. Maybe I'll do some more tests, kind of check my omega-3 again and LP little A and, or not the LP little, but the ApoB um, and whatnot and kind of see where to go from there. But 30s, man, it's always like, all right, 30s are the decade for uh, getting getting the house in order in a way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and then uh, maybe I know we're, we're kind of on the health and fitness gate there, but you 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 wrap up training. Yeah, you're, you're going to be done in 24. Wrap up training. So, uh, you know, I, should we tell people where you're headed? Oh yeah, yeah, they know from the Stacy episode, episode, I think, right? Yeah, so heading heading. Yeah, to Tampa. yeah, you're headed down yeah, to yeah. Tampa, right? <laughs> yeah, heading to and, Tampa. Uh, so goals to are you? Do you think you're going to start immediately after you finish, or like? I started September, time? so I got a month. Okay. Uh, so obviously, boards months. are okay. beginning of August, August fifth, and then uh, yeah. I've got a good month there to kind of figure things out. We don't know if we're going to travel or whatnot, or you know, yeah, do whatever. So yeah, a lot of a lot of January onwards going to be figuring out uh, the move and transition and kind of what we need. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Awesome, man. Um, well, uh, yeah, it's been a while. I feel like it's been a long, long time since we've done this one. So hopefully people are excited to kind of learn about some of the reflections and, and lessons. And, and uh, you know, we'd love to kind of hear from you guys to see what your goals are. And if anything that we've talked about here before has influenced how you've thought about something. Or, Do you want to... Also, again, feedback for us. I was going to ask, you want to... I know you want to talk about uh, holiday dieting and stuff, you know? Do you want to get into that? Um, well, <laughs> so this is a personal thing. And I think um, I've heard uh, AC Sinkowski talk about this at some point. It's interesting, um, you know, because the data clearly shows that most people, you know, 
I think most people will kind of say they'll gain a lot of weight and then like New Year's resolution, you were like, we've been doing this since the dawn of time, right? Um, but uh, the, the data kind of shows that most people end up putting on um, like, a, you know, a couple of pounds a year after their 30s, maybe sooner than that like, until like, you know, they get to their, their like fifth or sixth decades. But majority of that weight is actually gained in the six week period between Thanksgiving and like New Year's. Wow. Okay. And majority. And, and people don't end up, most people don't end up losing it, right? Because for the reasons you mentioned, 30s, 40s, it gets yeah. to be far more challenging in terms of priorities and, and uh, being time poor. And so I think one strategy that I know has been successful for a lot of people, and I'm finding this to be incredibly successful. I didn't think about this until like I was at a holiday party last week when a colleague came up and was like, man, you're looking fit. Shout out Ali if she's listening. But uh, she was like, what, like, you know, what are you doing? Everybody's going in the wrong direction. You're going in the opposite direction. And I, because I think, again, motivation, short-term motivation, I think most people can find that. Like, yeah, let me get on this 30-day thing and stuff like that. But if you strategically use that 30-day period, understanding that willpower might be limited, motivation might be limited, during the hardest period where, where the data suggests this, you know, and, and most people end up struggling being around cookies and stuff like that, um, and you just get through and you weather that storm, um, I think in the long term, in my mind, I think that's, that might be a really, really good strategy, right? Like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote unquote diet or be really lock it down, you know, mid-November to mid-January and you just weather that storm and understand that at some point it's, it's going to be hard to continue fighting that. But you're not exposed to the parties and all that kind of stuff. And like, I got a potluck this Friday and, you know, there's, it's, that's all that going on this time. So, um, and again, I've heard the strategy. Uh, it's not my idea, but I've heard this has worked for other people. But now I'm personally experiencing it. And I, um, I think it's a smart idea. Yeah. And also all for an alternative, because I do like that idea. But like for those who want to go out and enjoy, right? Like some people just can't get out of these like holiday events mm -hmm. and then the willpower you're right there. It's like crap. They don't have that hard rule. Right. So Tim Ferriss, Shane Parrish, they always talk about having hard rule. Um, maybe it's no alcohol on the weekends, but you can enjoy whatever Monday through Thursday. And that way you're eliminating mm -hmm. it from mm -hmm. these parties. Adam Bornstein's book, you can't really screw this up. I mean, I read that about a couple months ago. That's really changed the way I look at my own nutrition because, you know, even, you know, I want people to understand even like with us, right. Body dysmorphia is a thing. Um, stressing over healthy food and making sure you're getting what you need is, is is stressful and his whole principle is removing the relationship relationship between um what you're eating and the chronic stress that you're building around it and when you negate mm. that when you disregard that relationship and you allow yourself to eat and be you know have what you want you actually tend to be more healthy with your other choices and that was like the biggest breakthrough for me where i was like man i was stressing so much and that Chronic stress in itself is not good. And I've been creating these negative like loopholes um, or, you know, feedback systems by this chronic stress, thinking about foods that I shouldn't have, and it leads me down, and then I give up and I keep going. And so for those people who like want more information on that, it's a very simple book. Um, nothing groundbreaking, but I just the, the principle behind it was like, man, you really can't screw this up. You know, obviously you gotta create rules and things, but don't be so hard on yourself. Goes back to the self-respect and uh, loving yourself. Simple as perfection, huh? Keeps coming yeah. back to you. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, love it, man. Um, yeah, another thing I think we, it's worth disclosing for people and uh, something we're super excited about. So I think most people have known that we've had uh, some amazing interns. So shout out to Haritha Yepuri and Ethan Chu, who've been really helping us out and get the word out. And our team's growing. So we've doubled in size mm -hmm. over the last month. And 
So Zainab uh, Lagmani and, and Zara Khan are also going to be helping out. And we've got some exciting things down the pipeline in terms of um, some content creation that I think as our team, or excuse me, as our team grows, uh, that you know this experience is going to be valuable for you, the listener. So um, hopefully you guys will enjoy it. And if you don't and you hate it, you'll let us know sooner rather than later <laughs> so we can pivot. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah, man. 2024 looks exciting, promising. So definitely looking forward to it. All right, buddy. All right, Until next time. Yep. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Be sure to check the show notes for a full list of resources mentioned in the show. If you enjoyed this episode and know others who would as well, share it and help us spread our mission of adding the health back to healthcare. Also, we would love it if you could rate this podcast on your preferred platform or even on our website at medicineredefined.com. Last but not least, we want to thank our team for the production of this podcast. Harita Yapori on social media, Ethan Jew on video, Zainab Lugmani on research, and Sarah Khan on outreach. As always, our medical disclaimer, everything in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, and we are not providing medical advice. No physician-patient relationship is formed, and anything discussed in this podcast does not represent the views of our employers. We recommend that you seek the guidance of your personal physician regarding any specific health-related issues. We'll see you next time.